Welcome to another edition of the In Search SEO Podcast, where we paint the town red with search marketing insights. I am stoked. I am super stoked. I am beyond stoked. I'm stoked hotter than Coles on the 4th of July, as we have the grand poobah of the entire SEO industry for you today, the brilliant, the magnificent, the noble Barry Schwartz will talk SEO shop with us as we get into the state of the SEO industry, according to Barry, the state of Google and its approach to search and the SEOs that optimize the search and the state of the man himself. We get into what it's like to be Barry Schwartz. Plus, is your SEO strategy playing right into Google's hands? That sounds a little bit more sinister than they meant it or does it? I am your host, Morty Oberstein. I am joined by the sort of okay Sapir Carabello. <gasps> Morty. What? What happened? <laughs> what would I do? Come on, you can do better than that. Okay, I'm just messing with you. Since last week you told me you look forward to it every week, the way my <laughs> brain works is that that means I should mess with you for the next week and not wow. do right and not do a lavish you know introduction for you. That's just how my brain mm-hmm. works. I'm sorry. Okay. Should I, I should really. T- I am. Oh, okay, let's do a real one. I am joined by the incomparable, the unrivaled, the transcendent, the supernal <laughs> Sapir Carabello. Better? Much better. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. I didn't. That's all I have. <laughs> I By the way. Yeah. Grand Puba, really? Grand Puba, yeah. Okay. You know who the Flintstones are, right? I heard of them. Oh my God. <laughs> slowly, you're slowly killing me every week with your Why? Lack, Why? The lack of cultural references. You don't know who the. F- <laughs> you never eaten Fruity Pebbles before? What? Cocoa Pebbles, Fruity Pebbles, you know, the Barney and, and Fred Flintstone. Okay. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, of course on, I know. On the, on the box. <laughs> they're on the box, right? They were on TV before that. Like okay. 40 years before that. Okay, so the, the Grand Poopa is sort of iconic. He, like Fred and, and Barney, they go to like this lodge as part of their club or whatever it is. And the head of the club is called the Grand Poopa. So the head of the SEO club is Barry Schwartz, the Grand Poopa, of course. Okay. Got it? <laughs> Got, it. Got it. Okay. Do not forget, we put out a new episode of the In Search SEO podcast each and every Tuesday. You can find it on the Rank Ranger blog. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on SoundCloud. Of course, you can subscribe on iTunes. And do not forget that when you want to make sure your on page optimization is on target, you want Rank Ranger. Check out our on page optimization tool to make sure your entire page is supremely optimized from reading levels to mobile friendliness to URL optimization to titles, headings, descriptions, keywords, Page structure, accessibility, page speed, I can go on and you can find it on the Rank Ranger website. So we have an amazing show for you today. I, I don't know I know I have to say that, but I freaking mean it today. You do not want to miss my interview with Barry Schwartz. Can I tell you by the way, Sapir? So mm-hmm. a little, you know, inside secret we're gonna share with the world right now. Mm-hmm. Before a um, person comes on the show, a guest comes on the show, I send them out some questions in advance so they can see the topics that I want to hit on. It's sort of an outline of all the different areas I want to discuss, and I use the questions to sort of springboard off into other areas. So uh, while a lot of what I ask and discuss is on the fly, I do send over questions beforehand as I use as a pathway to getting ready and getting really into it with my guests. Okay, So with Barry, I was like, I have so many questions I want to ask him. But they're a bit <laughs> controversial, or, or they touch okay. on controversial content. And, and I, at the same time, I find Barry to be a story all unto himself. So I, I just said, I don't, I don't know what to ask. Well, I, I do know what to ask. I know what I want to ask, but there's no way 
he's going to want to discuss these things. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. I wrote down every question I wanted to ask him. and didn't, I didn't filter. And, and I sent okay. it over. And by the way, I, I do my homework before we have a guest on. I look at other things they've written, other interviews they've done. And I said to myself, okay, I've looked at all the interviews that Barry has done. Okay, I looked at like five or six, not all of them. And he keeps getting asked like these basic SEO questions and blah, 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 blah. That's boring. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to go for it. What's the worst that he says? No, I don't want to talk about this, right? Mm-hmm. And guess what he did? He answered all of it. He answered. He said, go for it. Ask, ask away. You have the complete green light. So this is definitely nice. an interview that you don't want to miss because I asked him everything. I talked to him about Danny Sullivan going to the dark side or Google going Juicy. too far. Mm-hmm. It's good. So don't turn that dial. Okay, But, by the way, before we get to that, I had an epiphany the other week. And I've been meaning to share it with you, my lovely and loyal audience. But I really haven't had the chance. Other stuff has come up and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. But I got to share it with you. It's, it's a bit of truth that I need to share with you. So let's do a new segment and let's go down the SEO wormhole. Okay, hottest SERP feature on the planet. Say it with me. Feature, feature snippets, snippets, right? Everyone yeah. knows that you know and I know. Now, the funny thing to me is that when we see a feature snippet, we see it as a hack. When we see this as a way of getting uh, you know, into Google's walled garden with our URL. We see feature snippet as a sort of a chink in Google's armor of not trying to send people to websites, right? And, and there's been some crazy data out there. I ran Fishkin over at SparkToro and, and JumpShot, in, in, in conjunction with JumpShot, has put out data that shows that 50%, half, because you don't know math, 50% is half, half of, mm-hmm. all, <laughs> of, all, um, of all searches don't result in a click. And that's insane, right? So we sort of see feature snippets as like a, a last ray of hope, like, aha, I'm in a SERP feature with my URL, right? Now, a few quick points on this. I love the data from Rand Fishkin on this, and it's really informative, really awesome data. But I really don't think that it gets to the heart of the issue, right? I I really think that, that you know, it's not about Google's plans for world domination and clickless searches and so forth. It's really about how Google plans to change user perception. Why do you speak in code? Um, Because that's what smart people do. Okay, so yeah, why do you speak in code? <laughs> oh, dishing it out, <laughs> dishing it out today, huh? Uh-huh, All right. Always. See what happens when I'm not in the office, or, or rather in the Rank Ranger studio. My son has have surgery today, which I told him it's podcast day. You can't have surgery today. So oh my I, god! Right. So <laughs> he's three, Your by the way. He's three. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I, he doesn't understand. He would he would normally if he was five he'd understand, but it's because he's three. So anyway, so I can't, I, right, I, I, you're fighting with me. You're, you're being so pithy today because I'm not there to, to answer back. I get how it works. <laughs> right. On the day my son has surgery, this is what you want to do to me. I get it. Oh, now you're making oh, me feel bad. Okay. <laughs> it's really a minor thing. Anyway. <laughs> so, what, what, okay, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is would I rather see something that really gets at the heart of the issue? Not that I wouldn't want to see the data from Rand Fishkin and, and, and Jumpshot. It's really awesome data. But I really want to know, let me put it this way, what I really, 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 really want to know is how many users plan to do a search and never make a click from the onset, meaning they have no intention of ever making a click. And I would love to see how that number has grown exponentially over time. 
because I think that a lot of people at this point, I know myself, I want to do weather New York City. I never expect to make a click. Go back a year ago. I don't know if I thought that. I thought, okay, maybe I would see the answer box there, the, the, the weather box. But at this point, it's not like, oh, maybe I'll use Google's answer box. I am using it intentionally. I'm going there for that answer box. So I'd really love to see that sort of data. I don't have access to it. But if you're out there listening to this and you do have that sort of data, I love to see the number of people, the number of, of, of searches that people do without expecting to make a click because that would really tell you how big of doo-doo or how much doo-doo we're in long-term, right? Because, okay, it's great. It's one thing to know how many people are not actually clicking. It's another thing to know how many people have absolutely no intention of clicking and how that, that, the rate of that uh, feeling or the rate of that expectation is growing. Because long-term, that's where the big trouble is. It's not in what Google is doing. Oh, it's creating a walled garden without the ability or not the, without the incentive, rather, to make a click. To me, the real issue is Google changing user perception so that users never even expect to make a click. That's one point. Also, okay, on the notion, before I get to my epiphany, on the notion, <laughs> <laughs> on the notion that you're going to use feature snippets and they're going to be this click, you know, this click giant for you. They're going to bring in so much traffic. You're going to get so much clicks. It's going to be great. That is true. But at the same time, Google's trying to move away from that. I did a study a couple of weeks ago. Do you remember this one about the, uh, the mm -hmm. length of feature snippets? So feature snippets are getting what? Remember? Are I'm you testing, testing you. Me? Yeah, of course I'm <laughs> testing you. Longer or shorter? Three, two, one. No shorter. answer. Shorter. Okay, yeah, that's true. Paragraph feature snippets are getting shorter, meaning Google mm -hmm. is offering you less content. If you do, you know, how to um, how to throw a curveball and you get a couple of sentences in there, though the amount of content now versus let's say before um, Q, what is it? Q, what did I do? Q3 2018 is shorter. There's less content, meaning you're getting a a, a more succinct, more succinct, more focused, more targeted answer. In the, in the featured snippet, that means you don't need to click as much. I don't need to click mm -hmm. as often. I'm getting a very targeted answer. I'm getting my answer right in the snippet. There's no need to click anymore. I right. mean, again, being a bit hyperbolic about it. List feature snippets, right? You know, it offers you either bulleted lists or numbered lists, steps, like how to bake a cake. Those are getting longer, meaning that Google is filling in content to make the list more complete. And the more complete the, le the, more complete the list the less likelihood you're going to click on the actual URL. So for those of you who are super focused on getting clicks and getting traffic from feature snippets, just know that that probably is going to work for you, but it is anti the direction that Google wants to go with the feature snippets. They're trying to make them less click worthy in a lot of ways. Okay. That being the case, that being the case, this notion that we're going to use featured snippets to somehow beat Google at its own game by winning featured snippets and getting traffic through the URL so as to avoid the walled garden is nonsense. It's total nonsense. Okay, to quote a great thinker and SEO expert, has it ever occurred to anyone that trying to win more featured snippets is exactly what Google wants you to do and that we're playing right into their hands? Who said that? Uh, um, well, what has two, two hands? And, his, and, and two thumbs, rather, and is pointing them right at himself right now. Morty Oberstein. That's right. You know, I thought you were talking about yourself since you're kind of a megalomaniac, but the great thinker thing threw me off. Oh, so you're basically, you're basically putting me up there with Stalin. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're a megalomaniac. 
Wow. Yes, you are. Wow. See what happens when I don't show bit. up? You know, you have to admit it. You know you're going to have to look me in the eye and tell me this like in a day or two. <gasps> oh, God. You're like, yeah, I'll take it, whatever. <laughs> as long as I get to say this now. Okay. Exactly. My, my point is, don't think you're fooling anyone or getting one over on Google. Google has specifically designed things as part of its master plan. I don't mean that in an evil genius sort of way. But I mean, like, a, as a master strategy, because they need us to create content for featured snippets. Wake up, people. Okay, we're just sheep being herded who have a false sense of freedom. This is all by design. Google needs answers for voice search. And Attila has developed enough of its own content, i.e., direct answers. Like when you search, like I mentioned, for weather in New York City, and you get the answer box, and it tells you the temperature. Until Google can do that for all content, which it never will, in my opinion. It needs us to create the content for them. So what has Google done? Google has engineered things by design to get SEOs to say, hey, you know what? Uh, there's nothing I can do here because Google's killing all my traffic. I, I have to go after featured snippets. There's no other choice. I'm going to get you, Google. I'm going to win this fight. No, it's all by design. Google wants. Google has designed things just so that you would say that. Because Google needs you to create content that targets featured snippets because it needs featured snippet content because that's what it uses for voice search, folks. So wake up, get out of the matrix. You're doing exactly what Google wants when you create feature snippets. And that's fine, by the way. That's what you should be doing. Because it, but it, don't think of it like, oh, I'm gaming the system. I'm beating Google at their own game by winning feature snippets. I'm getting out of the walled garden. You are the system. A very cool point. It's a wake-up moment, I think. But is there any practicality to it? Uh, that's a good question. I don't really think about practicality so much. Um, yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> let me. Let me. Let me. Just give me a second to think. One, two, three. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah. It, dep <laughs> it depends on how you define practicality to me. Okay. So the narrative, by the way, like the narrative that that you need to find ways to get around what Google is doing is out of whack. It's totally out of whack. One is you can't. Well, not really. At least not long term. And two is it's totally counterproductive. You know when you when you're in a um, in a car and you're in the rain and you skid, you're supposed to skid into the turn. Do you know what that means? Is mm -hmm. that a thing? Right? Okay. I, I don't know if that's a, like a, a thing that you young people say when you drive skid into the turn. <laughs> As opposed to trying to you know get out of the skid, you're supposed to skid into the turn because somehow I don't know science so good, but somehow that gets you straight again. Okay. So, yeah, you're supposed to skid into the turn with SEO. You got to feed the beast. Mm -hmm. Right? You got to do what you can, do what you have to do. But as the old saying goes, you can't fight City Hall. I would say looking for opportunity is a much, much better way to spend your time than trying to figure out how I'm going to game Google. Because in the end, as I've shown you here, you may think you're gaming them, but they're gaming you. And I'll say this about uh, Black Hat SEO. The same thing. A lot of people think, well, I'm going to game the system with my PBNs and all this stuff, right? Google knows what you're doing, in my opinion. It's just that Google says, we sort of need your content because we don't have other content to show for this query. So we're going to show you. And we know what you're doing. And we're going to show you anyway because we need to show something. So even if you think you're doing Black Hat SEO and you're going to game the system, you're getting one over on Google, you're not. Okay, Google knows what you're doing and it needs you. So it's okay with you doing Black Hat SEO until it has content that's not Black Hat or related to Black Hat tactics. Right? In other words, it, don't spend your time trying to game Google or think you're going to beat Google at its own game. You're not. 
to spend time finding opportunities. It's much more. It's a much more efficient. It's much a much better way to spend your time. So I guess there's my uh, my practical tip for you. Right, be efficient you. with your time. Just short. You're welcome. Uh, don't pick fights you can't win, and focus on what you have and maximize it. By the mm-hmm. way, speaking of maximizing things, you want to really maximize it, Sapir? What? Because we're going to really maximize your understanding. Ah, I got you with a good segue. We're going to really maximize your understanding of the state of Google and the entire SEO industry overall. Get ready for it because here is my interview with Barry Schwartz. Cut one. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a very special In Search SEO podcast interview session. He is a man who needs no introduction, but we'll give him one anyway. He is a news editor, search engine land, the founder of one of my favorite SEO sites, seoroundtable.com, the CEO of Rusty Brick, a web consulting firm. He is a search, a U.S. search personality of the year award recipient and the winner of search engine land's outstanding community service award. If there were an SEO superhero, it would be him. He is Barry Schwartz. Welcome. Wow, thanks for that amazing intro. Yeah, it took like an uh, hour to write. Yeah, if you, this was like a, a video podcast, you would be able to see my head is really getting really big. Um, this is not a video podcast, right? No, 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 we're good. We're okay, good. It's just audio. Perfect. Thank God. Yeah, so I have to ask you, as your last name is Schwartz, and I grew up in a family with the last name Schwartz. My stepfamily's name is Schwartz. How many, how many Spaceballs jokes do you get? Um, here and there, nothing that nothing that much um, in general. Um, here and there, I'm probably like once or twice a year, nothing crazy. Oh, really? I figure in the SEO industry, it was so Star Wars crazy that would come up a lot more often. You would think so, but yeah, it's not so bad. I, right. I sometimes have to make the references around uh, you know certain holidays around that that theme. So, but it's not too bad. Right, there you go. In case you're wondering what we're talking about, Spaceballs. May the Schwartz be with you. Okay. Right, fair enough. So I want to talk to you about um, the state of you know the SEO industry, the the state of Google, and of course the state of Barry. So let's start off with the state of the uh, SEO industry. So you've been around. I don't I don't mean to make you feel old or anything, but you've been around for a long time in the industry. How how is the industry different now than it was when you first got into it? What's the SEO community like back then? It's a lot bigger. I mean, it's a lot bigger now. Back in the old days, it was it was like really like one conference. It wasn't that massive. There was a group of people that you know knew each other. I only I started like in the conference world back in 2002. I think the whole SEO field started back in, I guess 99. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Getting together, and I think my first conference was like, I don't know, SES Chicago or one of these. Yeah, Chicago. I forgot where exactly, uh, but it was like a it was more of like a family type of setting where <laughs> you just get together to meet the people that you were talking to online, and. I forgot how many people were there, but it wasn't that big. It was probably a couple hundred, a few hundred or so. And even the Webmaster World Conferences, they were more larger than the SEO field. And they were, they were pretty big, actually, from what I remember, I think. But they, it, was, it was still more of like a family feeling. It wasn't like, hey, you know, <laughs> you're going to some big event. You don't know anybody, who, you don't know anybody when you go there. Um, it was very, very like, oh, I'm going to meet this person. I'm going to meet that person. It was, it, was, it was kind of a real tight-knit community. Do you miss that? Yes and no. I'm not really the most social person, so <laughs> I don't mind like sitting in a corner of a room and just typing, just, you know, just, you know, writing down, documenting what's happening in the industry, without, you know, all the social socializing parts. I feel you. But at the same time, it's always great to see people like you know running into people that you haven't seen in a you know five years, or seeing somebody that you haven't seen that you haven't met in real life, but yet you're. Uh, meeting them in real life for the first time. Like I just went to London, uh, I don't know, a few months ago for the first time, 
and I've met a lot of people that I haven't ever met before in real life, but I've known them for years and years. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's always a funny thing. Like you, you know somebody so well online, then you realize it's like almost like dating online, except in the professional world. I guess so. You could call it that, right? Yeah. And let's not make it awkward. <laughs> okay, so. Yeah. Let me ask you, because there's, there's so many changes that Google's been making, and there's so much hoopla about them, whether it be a core algorithm update or this change to the SERP or some change to one of its policies. And, and there's such a big reaction within the SEO industry. I'm curious. Do you think that we, we tend to overreact a bit? Or is there a good the reason? Overreact a bit. Um, yes and, again, that's like a yes and no question. I mean, it's, it's, it's really um, SEOs look at the news and they'll be like, oh, my God, this is changing, that's changing. And this is everything's gonna just die. Uh, everything's just gonna <laughs> fail. And of course, it's important because back in the old days, when any small little change happened, it could seriously impact your business, and you know, even take your business offline and destroy your business. You can go out, you can go bankrupt. Right. So that's always concerning. But I mean, it depends. I can't, in general, I can't say yeah. SEOs always overreact. I think sometimes there's cases of SEOs overreacting in certain cases and and not overreacting in other places. It's it's, it's interesting because sometimes they'd be like, oh wow this is what Google announced or this is what Google did. And yet the SEO community is not reacting like I thought they would react mm -hmm. to it. And on the other hand, they're like, oh my God, Google announced this and people are going so crazy. So sometimes what I think is a big deal is not always a big deal um, in the SEO community, which is why I find it interesting in terms of how I cover stuff at Search Engine Land versus Search Engine Roundtable, whereas at Search Engine Land, I'll pretty much cover the news beat around SEO. and Search Engine Roundtable, I'll cover what the community reaction is to that. Uh, news or to that to those Google changes, and it's always interesting to see the difference. I think. Give, give, can you give me? I know it's off the top of your head, but can you give me a good example of where you thought, "Wow, everyone's going to freak out and go crazy," and where you didn't really get that big of a response? That's uh, it's off the top of my head. I, or, I, or the opposite. Yeah, I mean, I, can't, I was trying to think of an example where, I guess maybe the Rel Next, Rel Prev. Right. I think it did get a nice amount of reaction, but not necessarily for the right reasons because. It was just like people were pointing out how Google was like lying to us. Here's an example of Google lying. And I think Google was ultimately embarrassed by not being upfront about it because they made a mistake. They don't like to make these mistakes. And like, even like with the Google search bugs we had over the past few months where they had tons of pages dropping out of the index, um, I thought that would be covered by the mainstream news media. I thought like yeah. the Wall Street Journal Times would pick it up. They really didn't. But at the same time, the SQQ was like, oh my God, what's going on? But it was kind of over a weekend, and people were like, oh, I don't really notice this stuff. And then Google had to fix it quickly. But Google's like, we don't want half our index to be to vanish overnight. <laughs> we want to serve pages to Google. It hurts us by not having a good quality index. And people are like, oh, this is proof that Google hates SEOs. I'm like, no, it's not. It's, it's, it's proof that Google, I mean, Google didn't want that to happen. Google doesn't, nobody wants bugs in their software. And if any, you're in a software company, you know bugs happen all the time, probably. Um, I mean, I'm never. I'm not going to admit that I'm on radio, but yeah, they happen. Bugs happen. They happen. And, that's and it. Nobody wants bugs to happen. No, um, and that's the truth. And that's Google's a software company, and they build software, and bugs happen. And those were some pretty transparent bugs, or visible bugs in the search community in the past few months. And I think sometimes the community acts in a way they, they that surprises me. I, I'm a little bit shocked by sometimes how the community acts. Interesting. Okay, right, let me let me let me jump a, a little bit. One of the things that bothers me, and it, and it could just be from my vantage point, is that there's a certain lack of uniformity within the, the SEO industry. Um, I'll try to give you an example. Um, a while back, you asked me, and we just spoke about this in a recent episode of the podcast, actually, where 
you, I, we, we're some kind of spike in the related questions that people also ask for feature. I sent it over to you and I said, hey, there's a big spike in related questions. And you're like, great. Why do you guys call it related questions and not people also ask? I'm like, oh, well, it's in the HTML, it's related questions. But yeah, on the surface, people also ask. So I call it one thing, you call it something else. And I can give you 50 million other examples of where one tool calls it this, somebody else calls it that. Is there just a, is there a problem? Is there just a lack of uniformity, a lack of uniform language, a lack of classification? I mean, I've seen, uh, for example, we might, it was a while back, I can't remember the exact case, but it was, I, th I think it was on mobile, Google sort of tacked on to the direct answer, a, a knowledge panel in certain cases. So we were tracking it one way, or GetStat or Moz tracking it a totally different way, and you had a different like, discrepancy in the, in the data values because they, they were calling it a knowledge panel, we were calling it a feature snippet. So is there, is there a lack of, of synchronicity? That's a problem. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, over the course of forever, I mean, the search industry, people, a lot of the arguments in the SEO world around terminology or sem semantics yep. and stuff like that. Like, I'm saying this happened, you're saying that didn't happen, but you're really talking about two different things. And a lot of, you know, vocabulary has to be kind of defined. I know when Google, you know, launched feature snippets and knowledge panels, people were kind of calling them both either knowledge panels or, or, Google Plus panels or whatever they were calling it. And then eventually, I think um, Gary from Google went ahead and said, all right, this is what, the, this is a feature snippet. This is a knowledge panel. This is a, um, a direct answer. This is a live result. And he kind of documented all of them, but things change all the time to Google. Google's constantly changing user interfaces and so forth. Um, so these things change and it's hard for Google to keep up and say, these are the, well, this is what's happening and they're constantly testing different things. And that also makes it hard for SEO tool sets to say, all right, this is what this is. Maybe what they put in the code set, in hitting the code set in terms of what they're defining it as, is maybe something that they came up with a name, and they came up with that name maybe like six months before they actually implemented it. And then the marketing team said, we're going to call it this, but the, but the code developers are calling it something else. So there's always these issues around terminology. And yeah, for me and for SEOs, it makes it hard for us to talk about the same thing sometimes which is why we have to like ask questions about it. So that's why I asked you questions like, why are you calling it this versus why is Moz calling it, calling it that and why Google's calling it this. So I, I try to dig in, especially when search features change, I try to dig in and say, all right, you're calling it this, well, what is that? It'll be useful just for your point of view. If you had a little tool tip with an image saying, this is what this is, that'd be useful. <laughs> that'd be great. Uh, that's just for Moz and other companies, but it, that would be useful. No, I, I've gotten to the point where We've actually talked about over here at Rank Ranger that sitting down with maybe people like you, whatever it is, and, and creating some sort of, I don't know what you would call an SEO union, an SEO symposium of sorts, to sit down and come up with actual terms. Because I don't really expect Google to do it. I mean, it's, it's, not, their, it's not their style. What's that? It's a, you want a glossary. Yeah, yeah a glossary. But like a, a uniform industry glossary. What are the chances of that happening? People have tried it. I don't think Google's going to do it. I mean, they do it for some things. Like if you go to their, do their developer docs and their documentation, they do have documentation there that like kind of like labels what certain things are on the search results but it's not it's more generic it's like right. this is a snippet this is a url this is no. a site link i mean i don't mean even for google to do it i mean for people like us i'm, I'm being hypocritical i'm complaining about it but really should doing something about it for all the tool sets yeah. to get together and really just define how we view things how we see things and just come up with uniform language i don't expect google to do it all right so get it done all right let's go are you in <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. All right, cool. All right, there it is. All right, so last question on the uh, state of the SEO industry. If you had any magical powers, what would you do to change the SEO industry? What would you change? Um, I, it's not just the SEO industry. It's people in general, people how people interact with each other in general. I mean, 
you always see arguments. It's not just the SEO industry. People fight with each other all the time. Mm -hmm. right? it, it makes me upset to see that. People say nasty things about each other. People say things that they wouldn't say to each other in person sometimes, of course, because it's the online world. Um, I just wish people, before they would say something, they would just give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, because you see it often, like people are like judging people or critiquing people. Um, and I see this all the time, especially when people are trying to say what's going on with algorithm updates or why Google's making certain changes. Or even when Google says something, it's like they, they ultimately jump to the worst case scenario and say, this person's only doing that because it's going to benefit them. Or this person's saying it this way because it benefits them. Or Google's doing this because they want to keep people on their pages. And there's all truth to that on some level. But right. I wish we just first give people the benefit of doubt um, and say, all right, what is, why are they doing this? Why are they saying it this way? Is there a reason? You know, if somebody like lashes out at me and is having a bad day for some reason or another, you know, I'm thinking, oh, maybe they had a bad day. Maybe their rankings dropped or maybe their, I don't know, spouse yelled at them or something. I, I always try to like jump at, say, all right, instead of jumping and getting angry right away, I'll go ahead and be like, all right, what is going on? Why is this person saying this? What could be the reason? And try to give people the benefit of doubt always. Um, and that's a hard thing to do. Um, and I don't always do that, of course. I'm, I'm human as well, and I don't always do that. But I think we should, I wish we could kind of like do that in general life. And I think it might be a little bit harder in the SEO community because there's like three different ecosystems. There's one big ecosystem, three different people. You have advertisers, you have the search engine, and you have the publishers. And they're all kind of fighting to be destination, I guess. So right. it's kind of hard. This is why we love you, Barry. That's a great answer. Do you do okay. you think it's gotten <laughs> do you think it's gotten worse recently? The no. negativity. No, it's always been pretty bad. It's always bad. been bad. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I guess that's a positive. I, mean, I think it got better actually. I, I, really? People don't agree with me, but I mean, at least personally for me, people literally used to like threaten me. Like, well, that's terrible. like I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna take a gun <laughs> to the next conference and shoot you. I'm like, <laughs> why? I'm like, because I reported about an algorithm update, you're gonna go ahead and shoot me. What's the what? Why are you guys so angry? I understand why they're angry, but why take it? Oh, wow. It's like shooting the messenger, literally. Right, right, um, right. I haven't received. I used to receive the most hateful like emails and messages and tweets and social. And you wouldn't believe like the stuff I used. I should have kept a catalog on them. I never did. Um, <laughs> but it's gotten a lot better for me personally. I'm not sure why. Um, right. Maybe people are just I don't know getting numb to all the changes. I don't know. I, I want to come back to that. Do, and, um, in the state of Barry, we'll definitely talk about the uh, the critiques uh, and the yeah. anger and the volatility on, on, on some of your uh, blog posts. Um, some of those are wild. Okay, so let me get to Google for for a second because um, and it kind of flows in from what we we're just talking about a second ago because there is this sort of um, battle between the SEO community and Google. And I'm wondering, do you think the way Google approaches and deals with the SEO industry, is it appropriate? I don't mean is it effective. It's definitely not effective. At least I, my humble opinion, it's not effective. It doesn't work. There's contention beyond belief in certain instances. But is Google's approach the right approach? Are they doing the right thing, in other words, with how they approach uh, people? They've tried so many different things over the years. It was easier back in the old days, like when it was a small community and you had Matt Cotts who used to go under the name of Google guy and nobody knew who it was, but mm. everybody knew who it was. Um, and it was basically one voice communicating from Google to the search industry. And he was consistent because it was one person. Now you have like, I don't know, 10 different people potentially. Obviously the most, one, the most visible one out there right now is John Mueller and Gary and then we have Martin Split, and we have all these different types of people out there that are communicating. We have new people that have tried to communicate, and 
they communicate. You know, Google doesn't like the way they communicate. They put them in the back seat. Um, so it's it's hard. Google's trying to be more transparent, and sometimes the more transparent you are, the more people could be like, oh well, you said I, I do this all the time. Google, you said X in 2015, but now you're saying Y. It happens because Google will, you know, things change or people or even Google inside of Google people interpret certain things. One of the most classic examples, uh, I'll give you two examples. More recent example is uh, one Googler who's no longer really on the Google search team, I don't believe, said that the top three things that are important to Google is content links and rank brain. Right. I remember that one. That was great. What a disaster. What is rank brain? How is that going to help you? That was a disaster for Google. Um, Then Google had to go ahead and like say backtrack and you had people come in and say, no, that's not true. And then I remember when John Mueller just came on board and started working for Google, he's like, the, what's it called? It used to be like paywalled content. So you like first click free program, which is no longer valid anymore. And they have a different way of approaching that as right, right. here. But he's basically saying first click free was, is cloaking. And you're not allowed to do that. And Matt Cutts had to go in and say, no, no, it's not cloaking. It's a specific thing we allow. It might appear to be cloaking, but it's not, and we allow it. Um, but people are, make mistakes. Everybody's human. I make mistakes all the time. But I mean, the thing with Google, it's like they could say something. It's not going to kill somebody. It's not like they're you know, operating you in, in the operating room. It's not like they're flying the plane into a mountain by accident because they got the altitude wrong. Um, they're literally, they'll, their hands are not in their life. It's not surgery. Um, and I think people just need to relax a little bit and say, all right, what is the, in-? like I said before, what's the intent behind why this Google is saying this or that? Yeah, we all love uh, something to hate. So I guess there it is. Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you from this perspective, and I, I have, a lot of the things I talk about in my blog posts are, are the optics of a situation, the way Google is perceived. Not, I don't mean in actuality. I mean, like politically speaking, how are they perceived by the industry? And I often wonder if sometimes they don't do a good job with that, whether it be on purpose, we don't care how we are perceived, or whether it be they're unaware of themselves. I'll, I'll give you an example with the um, the June 2019 core update. A day into it, so Danny Sullivan went on to Twitter and said, hey, you know, this whole diversity change at the top of the SERP. And it kind of freaked people out a little bit because, okay, so where am I, what's, what's behind my raking shift? Is it the diversity update? Is it the core update? Why are you piggybacking one off the other one? Why didn't you just wait a few days? That sort of thing. Is that an optics problem that Google's just either unaware of or just not dealing with well? I don't know the behind the scenes on that. And I mean, that particular example, that sort of thing. No, but it's a good example. I mean, I, I think it happens a lot where there's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of different teams. And because of that, Google, oh, Danny Solomon's like, great. I'm going to go ahead and pre-announce this Google Core update. You know what's coming. I know the SEO community will benefit from a pre-announcement on this. I'm going to go ahead and pre-announce it. So he went ahead and pre-announced it on a Sunday. It rolled out on Monday. Um, and I think it stopped rolling out a week later or so. And they, he was on top of that. Right. And he's like, oh, by the way, we also had a diversity update. Um, that started, he announced it, um, I forgot when exactly, um, I think it was a couple days after it started, it finished when he announced it for the most part, I think, but it started rolling out two days before that. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? How can you go ahead and say, how can you go ahead and do that? And you have this other update and we have a bunch of things going on. And I think what happened in that case was Google just, the diversity team that manages whatever algorithm there didn't communicate to the right people, it rolled out, so forth. And you have these two overlapping things. And I'm sure there's plenty of other things that overlap with it. Right. Um, that's what happens. It's a big company with a lot of things happening. Um, and that's been happening with Google ever for the past five years or so. It's not like they have a Panda algorithm that rolls out once. And even with the Panda algorithms, they had, I think, three updates happen the same week when a Panda algorithm rolled out back in, I don't know, five years ago. Um, so it's nothing new. It's just, I, I don't think they do it on purpose. I think it just happens. I mean, they're a big company. And again, Rank Ranger, how many updates do you push out in a day? 
So thousands, like Google, thousands. Yes, thousands. <laughs> thousands. <So. laughs> and let me let me jump a little bit because I have a controversial question for you, and uh, it has to do with politics. So that's always controversial, which I don't really deal with, but it, it's really to Google. So let's deal with it. Um, the the U.S. presidential election are sort of gearing up. We recently had the you know the Democratic. Um, uh, debates and whatnot, and one of the topics that's come up at least with some of the candidates is this idea that Google is too big for our own good, and we need to regulate Google. Is Google too big? Do we need to regulate it? Should it be regulated? I, I hate politics. I hate talking about politics. <laughs> I I'm the type of person who's like, oh, first of all, I live in New York, so who I vote for in terms of the U.S. president, just to be clear about that, doesn't make a difference. It's that's always right. going to go Democratic. That's fine. I don't care about it. I'm just, I'm just saying, making that point. But I'm like, I'd rather spend the two hours in the office working to make my company better than standing online at polls to go <laughs> ahead and vote, especially because I live in New York. That's right. So I, I'm of the, of, of the opinion of, first of all, Google, any, Google's a search engine. They came out of nowhere. They beat AltaVista. They beat you know, Yahoo. They even, they even try to make a deal with Yahoo where Yahoo would own half of them and, or whatever it was. And Yahoo said, no, we don't need you. People laughed at Google and they grew to this point because of their search engine. You had companies like Microsoft build out Bing. Microsoft's right. a massive company to try to compete with them. Right. They're not, in my opinion, they don't even have 10%. I mean, they say they have 30%, depending on how you look, but no, nobody's. You look at your analytics, it's maybe like 5%. Anybody, it's, anybody can go and build any type of a search engine and compete. There's, there's nothing stopping anybody. They don't own, they used to, at least they didn't, as of five years ago, they didn't own the OS, the operating system. Microsoft and Apple still pretty much dominate there. Obviously, Android came in a few years ago. They dominate the mobile space, which is very important. Everybody's fighting to dominate voice search. We have Alexa right now, which is the number one. Uh, Amazon Alexa was the number one player out there. Google Home and Assistant are, are catching up. I think it's a pretty wide open space where if you have a better search engine, I think you can beat them. Um, I don't think it needs regulation or splitting up because of that. I personally think that it's, it's not like where you have Microsoft, which owned the operating system back way back when and Internet Explorer was the only option on the, on the browser when they just they killed Mozilla and Netscape or whatever. And then you had new browsers come out and Google came out with Chrome and stuff like that and that made a difference. Uh, but still, Internet Explorer has a pretty big footprint. It's different because they own the operating system they install up there. Uh, I don't think Google is in the same space and I think they really put a lot more resources and are much smarter than other search engines because of it. So if somebody wants to come in and, and beat them, um, at, the, at that game, I think they should try. Um, I honestly thought when Microsoft launched Bing that they would have literally 50% market share within a few years, and I was completely wrong. So, and that was before Google owned, had Chrome OS, uh, it was before Android was big, and they still didn't have a problem dominating, even yeah. when Microsoft owned the operating system. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I tend to agree with this. I don't think the idea of regulating is going to necessarily help or make things. I mean, for, for this, it's a little bit funny because when you had Google go down to Washington and you had Facebook go down to Washington, particularly Facebook, one of the things that people in the industry were saying was, wow, like, the questions here are ridiculous. No one has a clue what's going on. So the same breath you're saying that and say, hey, they, they should be regulated. Well, the same people asking those dumb questions are the same people who are going to be regulating them. So just keep that in mind when you bring up the discussion. I want to ask you, though, from Google's perspective, how are they going to deal with this? Because, for example, um, whether it was a, a few weeks ago or even more recently, the Wall Street Journal article about all the spammy 
local listings. That's been a problem for, for forever. So it's kind of funny to me that why all of a sudden now is the Wall Street Journal writing an article about spamming listings? This is not exactly a new problem. And I wonder if it's part of the new culture, whereas now you have these presidential candidates bringing it up. And one of the reasons why you have the Wall Street Journal running these articles is because it's now an acceptable or a hot thing to say. How is Google going to deal with it? It's whether or not they are regulated, whether or not they aren't regulated, whether or not they they should be or shouldn't be. It is now much a much bigger part of the uh, conversation, at least in the U.S. Yeah, no. So, I mean, that article was interesting. And usually the Wall Street Journal, New York Times types of stories come out years and years after there's an issue. And that's the case with, you know, Google Maps, fake listings. And Google Maps itself is, Google My Business is a complete wild, wild west when it comes to <laughs> um, how things operate there. And we have, it's, it's, you look back again, look back in 2012 or 13 when Panda came out. The only reason they pushed out Panda uh, was because the Wall Street Journal wrote a big article about how sites are literally creating content just to rank in Google, just to go ahead and serve AdSense ads. And it's kind of like this circular thing where people are creating low quality content that have very little information where people would then see Google ads when they would click on those ads would then find more low quality pages and the cycle will continue. And that's what happened with the ecosystem when Google went ahead and built out a search engine that was ranking content and long tail keywords. And Google's like, you know what? This is an issue. We got to do something about it. And they improved their algorithm to fix it. Um, I'm hoping the same thing happens with uh, Google Maps spam and stuff like that with based on this article. Although um, we've been covering it for a long time. I know the Wall Street Journal actually wrote an article about it a couple of years ago as well. Um, and I don't think it's specific to the political space. I think it's more specific to it's becoming such a bad problem that, uh, that you know, it really caught the attention of some writer at the Wall Street Journal. And the Wall Street Journal writers went and dug into it and found some local SEOs and got some really good examples of issues. Right. Okay. So let me ask you this then. Where do you see all this? So there, there's a lot of cultural shifts. There's a lot of, um, there's also a lot of technical shifts. You have uh, things like search as a journey. Um, you have massive amount of changes on the SERP. Um, topic layers, all these sort of things. Where's Google heading with all of this? Yeah, I mean, people are talking I know, about... a big question. Yeah, I mean, again, look at it this way. Google could... Voice is going to be... Right now it's not, but voice is going to be the way people search, right? I want to I mean, talk to you about that, yeah. Okay. If you think about it, that's where people are headed. I mean, when I spoke to Min Singal literally, I don't know, five years ago about this, he's no longer at Google, but he was the head of Google search back for years and years. And he was always into this Star Trek thing where you pressed um, your Star Trek badge <laughs> and you ask a question and you get the answer right from, you know, and that's where it was headed years and years ago. And that's when Google first launched feature snippets five years ago. They're like, ultimately, the answer is going to be one, there's going to be one answer. And because of that, and because of that, I think Google is looking specifically to figure out how to find the best answer and respond with the best answer. And obviously, some of that is you know, licensing data from lyric websites or weather channels and stuff like that. And some of that is just knowing facts, um, like how old is, you know, President Trump or Obama, how tall is he, stuff like that. Um, what's the law, you know, where's the Eiffel Tower, stuff like that. And some of it is about indexing the web, using machine learning and AI to figure out what the best answers are across the web, and then serving up that answer as a feature snippet in text at the top, or responding with that using voice. And if you're driving in your car and it has Google uh, Android Auto and whatever, and you're, or you're on your phone and you say, hey, Google, what's going on with this? It will read back an answer and also say, hey, this is cited from frankranger.com or wherever it might be. And I think that's the journey where Google's going, uh, or they've been going for years. 
Um, of course, when you look at it from a SEO perspective, it's like, where nobody's clicking on me. I'm not getting traffic. Google's just answering people. And, and what am I supposed to do? And I, when I brought that up to, I had a meeting with Amit Singhal. Uh, he's no longer there anymore. But I had a meeting with the search team back then about feature snippets and how the SEO community was really, really upset with what's going on. He's like, forget about thinking about it from the SEO perspective. We have a responsibility to the searcher. And we have to make sure to answer the searcher's query. If we don't do that, Google's not going to be around in five years from now. And we got to figure out what we could do to make sure we have the proper answer while supporting the ecosystem. And that means supporting advertisers and publishers. So they looked into ways to citing publishers better and so forth. But I think as SEOs, we kind of have to take ourselves out of that perspective and look at the bigger, broader picture and say, this is what searchers want. How could Google go ahead and satisfy the searcher while also giving us a little bit of a carrot uh, at the end. Right. And that's hard because it, it's your it's your wallet. It's your business at the end of the day. And it's hard to get out of that perspective of, hey, it's all about SEO and not just about the user, which is really what it is all about. Can I ask you about voice search and what your take is? I don't mean to ask that in a vacuum. I mean to ask that in terms of a lot of the things that I see about voice search that I read about voice search kind of tell me that is it really a serious um, dynamic to consider? For example, what I mean is a lot of the queries, a lot of the types of queries that people are doing are very surface, like weather, traffic, you know, uh, who won the game last night, that sort of thing. Um, I think, or, or they're novelty questions like, hey, let's goof off with the uh, with Google Home and see how we can trip it up. And I think there was even a recently a, um, a Search Engine Land article that showed that some of the numbers about voice search adoption have been a little bit overhyped. So I just wondering where you stand on and what your take is at this point. That's for sure. So people are not using voice search at this point in time like we thought they would be. Um, they... I think even like a couple of years ago, Google came out with a blog post saying, what are the types of searches throughout the day, weekend versus weekday, mornings versus nights are what people are searching for using the Google Assistant or voice search. And it was in the morning. What's the weather? Um, you know, stuff, what's the traffic and stuff like that? On the way home, what's, what's, what's the next movie playing and um, stuff like that, like around movies and, you know, entertainment. Right. Uh, people are not using voice search for doing long tail queries for the most part except for SEOs, just to see if they rank in the feature snippets. Um, but outside of that, people are not using voice search like normal search yet. I do think that's going to change. Um, I think we're still very early. Uh, but I think people are going to become much more comfortable. If you look at the beginning, early days of desktop search, people were doing like one, two, three, word, not even three, like one or two keyword uh, um, phrases, one or two words. And that, that grew and grew and grew over the years to like three, four, five. People became more sophisticated when it came to searching even on desktop. And I think you'll probably see the same thing in terms of when more and more people are comfortable talking to their voice assistants. I don't know how long you've been talking to your, your, your <laughs> Google and stuff like that. But when I first talked into it, you know, people would be like, hey, like, like yell at it and like say <laughs> very short words because it's like you're talking to, a, you feel like you're talking to somebody who doesn't speak the language. No, so I have, the, uh, I, have but, I have I have people yelling at it. They're my kids, and they yell at like fourteen million questions in like a three second span, and see if Google can pick up on it or not. The whole thing starts smoking after a certain point. Yeah, no, and I think people just become more comfortable over time. So I think things will will change because again, I mean, I think, I mean, I think people are going to become more accustomed to searching and talking to their robots. Do you think though there's a certain association to it that's just like, all right, this thing is like for very simple things. I'm not really going to engage with it. It's how do you engage with this? voice robot device thing beyond just being comfortability it's just the, the the association that you just you just have to it yeah i mean i think there was something like people are thinking should we go ahead and treat people to be respectful to their voice assistants like <laughs> say please before they talk right. um 
I, I don't know. I don't know. I think things are going to change a lot over the, over the next couple of years. Um, I think people are just going to be comfortable with it. I'm super. I mean, when I first started, I, I my first car that I had uh, CarPlay in, which was had Siri, was about four years ago, and I specifically was like, I had to find a car that had Apple CarPlay in it because that's the next car I'm getting. I'm not going to get a car that doesn't have Apple CarPlay. There was very few back then, and not every car has it. Every right. car, almost every car supports Android Auto. I think, and I remember when I was first talking to it, it was very, very all over the place. I was like getting, I was getting, I was not comfortable talking to it. But now, literally, I don't even think twice. I just go ahead and press that Siri button and I talk to it. Um, and I talk to my Google Home on my desk. I, I just, I don't even think about it. I just, I just do it. And I think people, I'm, obviously, you people like you and me, we're kind of a little bit ahead of the curve. And I think more people will become more comfortable over time. Yeah, I, mean, I think there was a Stone Temple consulting study a little while ago that showed that people are far more comfortable asking or talking to their phones out loud in public than they used to be, which is, I guess, I think two, three years ago, it was bizarre, but now it kind of seems normal, I guess. I mean, you have people walking down the street <laughs> doing uh, video uh, right. vlogging and stuff. Right. You can talk to the cameras, Instagram, people all over the place. It's, it's a different world, and people make fun of it, but you got to adapt, and you have to adapt to that world. True. Okay, so let me, let me come full circle with the state of Google sort of thing and come back to um, Google and its relationship with the SEO industry. What would you recommend Google do in order to sort of build bridges or reconnect or reestablish or repair whatever relationship they do have with the industry? Oh, I, I, I don't even know. I mean, I think they've been trying so many different things. I don't think there's a saying like you, you can't make everybody happy. Right. Um, and you can't. I think somebody tweeted today, like uh, I think Don Anderson tweeted today. Also, oh, now John, when did John Mueller and Gary, ugh, or I would pronounce his last name, ish, um, become good cop, bad cop? Like Gary's a bad cop, John Mueller is a good cop. Um, when did that happen? And I don't think it's the case. I just think they have different personalities. So I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they can win no matter what they do. Um, so I think they're, what they're doing is pretty good. They keep producing more ideas they do the hangouts they do now they're doing these video series they're constantly active on twitter they're posting in other forums they're doing these conferences now across the world free seo right, conferences right. And conferences across the world especially in places that people can't afford it um they're traveling to conferences um they're trying to be very transparent um i don't know what else they could do i'm not <laughs> a, do you have any idea i'm curious what do you think i don't know maybe they could buy the industry some beers that's a, the Google Google Dance. They, Google they, beers. They are, the Google conferences. That's what these conferences are. They're, they're buying you guys food. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I only think, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's anything they can really ultimately do. I think there's so much bad perception. I think people, it's like uh, people love drama. And, and as much as people say, yeah, well, I would love to have Google and be at peace with the whole thing and really be a harmonious relationship, I think they do enjoy the drama to it. It's a, it's a thing at this point, and I don't know how Google overcomes it. I agree with you. I would say, though, that I, I think it's sometimes, if they like I mentioned earlier, if they were a little bit more cautious, like if the team working on that diversity update um, spoke with the team doing the, the June 2019 core update, I think that would go a long way. I think on their end, they could somehow simplify things. Or have, I know they tried having with Danny Sullivan work as the search liaison, have one unified voice, but still it seems like there's a lot of this hand not talking to the other hand, the right hand not talking to the left hand. I think if they solve that a little bit, that would help, but what do I know? Right, and like you said, that's Danny Sullivan's job, and when he fails, it's hurt. So. Right, oh, he um, takes, a lot of, it takes a lot of crap. Yeah. 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 All right, let's, actually, let's get into that, because now let's deal with the third part of this series, the state of Barry. So <laughs> I have to ask you, how much does it get to you or does it ever get to you? You have so many nunniks like myself 
sending you so many, oh, Google changed this thing. Hey, check this update to the SERP. And most of these things are old. I know because most of the time I send you something, you're like, yeah, it's old, like 2006 old. So where have you been? And, and there's but beyond that, there are people, um, there's so many misconceptions about what you say and the people are attacking you. I know you mentioned before about being at a conference and someone telling you they wanted to shoot you, which is insane. But even the SC Roundtable blog comments, I mean, some of the comments in there are literally off the wall, completely inappropriate. Well, I do try to, especially the comments, just to step back, I do try to somewhat moderate them more now these days because they were literally, like, I don't mind when people attack me, but when you attack other personalities or other people, like childish things, calling people like names and making fun of the way people look, that's just childish. Right. Um, so I, I've been trying to get better at removing that stuff. There's just so many comments that I, if I miss one, obviously you can report it and let me know. Um, but in general, I, it really doesn't get to me. I'm just, I've been doing this so long. Right. At least the, the personal attacks, I really am like numb to it all. It doesn't, none of this stuff bothers me at all. In fact, so much so that I, in, I kind of enjoy it so much where I like to troll the tro- trolls. And you've seen it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You're I'd very like, cynical you know, sometimes. I like that. Sarcastic, cynical. Yeah, it's great. If someone like comment negatively about something, I'll be like, I'm a failure. Um, right. <laughs> And like, people take it seriously when you say that, by the way. Like, oh, no, Barry, don't feel bad. No, I'm a very, um, I guess a sarcastic. Uh, I'll be like totally straight faced and be like, uh, even in person, I'll be like, somebody will like say something and I'll be like totally straight faced and like say That's something completely what I don't believe. And I'll be looking at me like, oh my God, you said that? I'm like, no, I'm joking. Um, but obviously, it works better online. It works a lot better online. It works great. Um, it's great. Yeah, so I'm really, it's all, I'm, I'm numb to it. In terms of like, always having to be on top of it. Like, I don't know, people sending out, oh, did you see this before? Did you not see that before? It doesn't take me much long. I just use the search box on search engine roundtable, do some keyword searches. All right, here's a link to it where we covered it before. So right. people can obviously do that as well if they want to find it, but sometimes it's hard to find it in the search box because like we said before, how, how do you name these changes? And that's kind of hard to fi- figure out. Like would you name the feature snippet box or the knowledge panel? And searching for that in the search box is a little bit hard. So I know what I typically generally call it. So I'll search for it and say, here, we covered this in you know two years ago or six months ago or a week ago, whatever it might be. But sometimes, yeah, I mean, I enjoy sometimes like the the um, I guess Christmas time because it's quiet for it's it's quiet. Um, it's not a holiday for me, and it's very very quiet. Google's not making changes. Twitter kind of kind of turns off completely, um, and it's nice to have some quiet time. But I also enjoy covering these things. I, I enjoy when people send me. Tips. I enjoy promoting uh, their finds. I never. I always like citing people. Like if somebody says found something, I always love to say this person found it, and here's how to find them and learn more about that. Which is why I'm kind of doing this blog thing. I used right, to do right. this. Um, we are this SEO thing or SEO personality or SEM personality. I I really like to be in a position where I could help other SEOs. I guess become better at what they do or make more money or find new jobs, help their families in any way in terms of their profession. Um, and I didn't realize this. It's like a few years ago, people were like coming to me and saying, you know what, you helped my career by signing me once in the story. I'm like, really? Me writing a story and saying you found it, helped your career? It's like, yeah, it got me another job at this company because somebody found it. So now that I kind of realize it might help some people, I'm sure it doesn't help everybody, but it helps maybe a small percentage of people. Maybe I could use this blog format to kind of highlight people's careers, get them out into, you know, into the in front in the forefront of other people that might not have heard of them. 
and hopefully help promote their careers so they can find new jobs that might help their families um, and themselves grow better. No, so I, mean, I, I personally owe you a tremendous um, amount of thanks and, and, and gratitude because you've helped me tremendously. I mean, um, I made so many connections through you I, and so much help sorry, through you. I didn't, I didn't bring that up too. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, I, 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 I love that you did bring it because it, it gives me the opportunity to really say thank you in person, so to speak. Of course, we're not in person. We're halfway across the world, but uh, it, it's a tremendous thing what you do. I love when you did the search community honors. That was fantastic. It, it really is like a nice voice to a lot of the negativity and the darkness that goes on on the, uh, on the Twitter. On the Twitter, yeah. The Twitter. No, again, I mean, it's, it's a big community. I wish more people... I think I spent like almost seven to eight months writing a single uh, blog post about each uh, about individuals every single day uh, for seven or so months. I wish I had more. The, the form emptied out. I went through probably, I don't know how many people. I, I don't know, 300 people or so. It was so a lot. It was a lot. So, but it, that was time consuming. The vlogging will be a lot. It'll be fun. It's new. So I'm going to try that out right. see how that goes. Um, and hopefully it helps people. That's all I care about. But that's why I want to ask you because I don't think a lot of people realize that what you do, you don't do it for for profit. I mean, you have your own company, Rusty Brick. I don't, I, SE, all these things are are not. I don't think you get. I don't think you pay yourself to do SE Roundtable. I don't think you're paying yourself to go out and vlog and driving out to the middle of Manhattan all the way from uh, where you're close to upstate New York, right? So that's a good hour. That's a good hour drive. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, Without yeah, so searching, yeah, searching around table, there are some ads on there. Right, um, right. I do a little bit of money on there, but my main, my main income is, um, obviously Rusty Burke. Thankfully, I'm in a position where, I don't know, I, I, I don't necessarily need the money anymore. Um, thankfully, I, I do pretty well financially, so I'm in a position to do what I love. And what I, people like to, you know, go to movies, people like to read books, people like to play sports, people like certain things. I enjoy SEO. I enjoy writing about SEO and, highlighting SEO, that's my hobby. And hobbies obviously cost money. And for that, I, I'm able to travel to places. I'm able to you know, drive to the city, park my car for five minutes and pay $75 for that parking <laughs> um, and interview worth somebody. It. Um, it, it's, it's, it's worth it. Obviously, getting a sponsor for that would help. I don't like to lose money on things. So hopefully over time, certain things I'll get sponsors for or at least subsidize the cost for it. But again, the ultimate goal is really to really help the SEO community because I've been very, very fortunate um, in my career. So, Do you ever think about, you know, hanging up your hat? Because it, it is a lot of time. I mean, you're up at hours. I didn't even know it existed already on the on the ball. No, I don't. I never thought about that, no. Um, I joked about it. Uh, <laughs> on April 1st, I think I said, I'm, I'm done and I had enough with you people. You people in the SEO community. It's like, it's like you don't go to a group of people and say you people in front of them. So... <laughs> And you quote it. But um, no, I, I enjoy it. Like I said, I really enjoy it. I don't. I think when Danny Sullivan said he's retiring, he came back, whatever, kind of. But when he said he's retiring, people were like, oh no, Barry, don't leave. And I'm like, no, I'm going down with the ship. SEO's <laughs> <laughs> dead, and I'm going to go down with it. Um, no, I don't. I have no intention of leaving or, doing it, or changing it anyway. I, I enjoy what I do, and I'm happy doing it. Can I ask you? I hope I'm not overstepping any boundaries. If I am, you can you know, feel free to slap me. How was it when Danny left for you personally? Obviously, for the industry, it was a big loss. And also considering he went over to the dark side. So there's two different things. One is Danny Sullivan obviously told us privately that this is what he's doing. And we knew for uh, several months beforehand that it was happening, that he was leaving uh, Search Engine Land and Third Door Media because kind of was burnt out about writing about title tags and SEO and meta tags and right. meta descriptions and stuff like that. He was really burnt out from it. Uh, it was super sad. We all... And still do highly respect Danny Sullivan. And for him to leave, I mean, 
I still don't think anybody could come close to the way he wrote about SEO and changes in search. He is a trained journalist. He's and the way he write and the way he understands search and his perspective since writing about it for over twenty something years, um, nobody could touch it. Right. And I think there is a big void in the community without him here. Um, a void that I personally cannot feel, uh, fill. I don't think anybody really could fill it. Uh, but with him gone, you know, I'm glad that he's at least working at Google. He's at least able to write about search and to communicate about search from within Google, which I think helps the SEO community tremendously. Um, even though there's obviously things that he probably cannot say to the SEO community, but I think him being there is an asset to the SEO community and so forth. So with him leaving Search Engine Land and Third Door Media, um, I was kind of prepared for that. I remember at the XMX Advanced show from two years ago, that was like nobody knew he was leaving, and then like a few days later, he was going to announce it. That was his last SEO conference, and I remember that being fairly um, sad to see. You know, it was it was nice to see him there, but oh my god, this is the last time he's going to be on stage for the foreseeable future, at least. Um, and that was you know sad for me. And then when he announced that he's going to Google. I didn't know about that. He wasn't allowed to tell me about it. I found out about it the same time everybody else did. Big shock. It was a shock. I didn't expect that um, at all. I don't think any, I don't think anybody really expected it. Maybe some people thought it would happen. I don't think he expected it. Um, mm-hmm. He said he's retiring. I think a lot of people made him offers to work at this SEO company or to work at this publication. Um, he wasn't interested in that. And I guess Google said, hey, we're going to give you access to Google search and the engineering team. And you can work within Google and communicate and do what you're doing uh, from within Google to help the SEO community and the community at large. And I think he's like, you know what? That sounds like a great idea. Um, and he, he jumped to it. And he's loving it. From what I hear, he's absolutely loving it. Um, and I think he's just happier. I think he's happier in general. <laughs> so that's good to hear. Um, he doesn't have to run his own company anymore. He doesn't have to worry about employees being happy. He doesn't have to deal with any of the stress around payroll and right. you know all the right, numbers right. going off and stuff he, he just he's an employee there and he's doing what he loves um he has no stresses i, I mean i'm sure he has stresses but he doesn't have the same <laughs> level of stresses it's different i mean running a company i'm sure whoever's listening who runs a company versus whoever worked for a couple people it's different stresses um and i think uh i think he's happy to be in a different position at this point yeah, and we, we we all definitely miss him. I was just talking to Eli Schwartz about it recently. It was just like, there was a major void ever since Danny left, and it, and it does suck. But um, I guess it's good. It is good. He's still around. Let me ask you this. Okay, so we have this little game that I that I do. I call it Optimize or, or Disavow It. It's a cute little thing. If you listen to the show, you already know what it is. But if you don't, it's basically where I give you two really good options or two really crappy options. And you're stuck either choosing between two good options, obviously discarding a great option, which you don't want to do, or choosing between really bad options and of course no one wants to choose a bad option so this is the barry schwartz version of optimize it or disavow it so i have to ask you this is like so perfect okay so if you had one google you can go to and you can only go to one you can never speak to the other one ever again who would be your go-to guy gary or john mueller can i ask a question would they always have to answer my questions? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's play that. Yeah. They always have to answer the question. And seriously, no jokes. Huh. No jokes. And no they know jokes. the answer? And they all know the answers? Uh, you know, as much as they generally do now. Uh, I wish we had Final Jeopardy music. That's a tough one. I mean, John is <laughs> such a nice person. They're both very nice. They're both great. Um, I just think... 
I think Gary has a little, I, I don't know why I'm saying this. I just, my gut feeling is Gary has a little bit more access than John Okay. in terms of code bases. Although John's, I think, I don't know. I think they're both pretty high level um, at Google, but I think Gary has more access to specific, I could be completely making this up and sound like a fool when you listen to this. <laughs> yeah, but no uh, one would know except for Gary or John. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I really don't. I mean, John's definitely much more out there. So he's communicating more, but you're saying they both want to answer my questions immediately. You know, they both have to answer my questions. So if they both had to answer my questions, no matter what I asked, I probably and in a serious manner, I probably at this point go with Gary. All right. Um, I think just because I think he might have a little bit more access to the code level at Google. So it's nothing um, personal. No, <laughs> no, it was personal. And Gary is listening to this. It was personal. And their personalities, John's a nice. Just, I mean, I think Gary would say John is a, John is a nicer guy. Right. So, uh, not that Gary's not a nice guy. <laughs> right, right. Of course not. That's not, not what you're saying at all. Not what I'm saying at all. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but if I could interview anybody, John, Gary, or anybody who as who is at Google or who was at Google, I would say it would be Matt Cutts, actually. Okay. And that's not your question. I knew you were going to say so, that, though. I knew if I, had, if I threw Matt Cutts in there, obviously it's, it's Matt Cutts. Well, he doesn't have access to the information today, so that wouldn't be a fair question. But I would—I just want to hear Matt Cutts' history um, and his his feeling about everything after leaving Google. You can um, you can and, you can do a book together, right? You've, Matt Cutts, my life yeah. at Google, forward by Barry Schwartz. Yeah, maybe I should right. really I should really touch base with him to see if he wants to do a vlog. We'll see. <laughs> All right, uh, the, the 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 connection was made here, right on the In Search SEO podcast. We'll look at that. All right, Barry, yeah. thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate this. Was one of the most fascinating conversations I've ever had. Um, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. No, it was fun. Thank you so much for having me. Looking My forward pleasure. To more. All right. Bye-bye. And we are back to your regularly scheduled In Search SEO podcast. He is the best, by the way. He deserves every ounce of praise and adulation, if not more. I personally appreciate Barry so, so, so much. And I know um, I said it already, but I'm going to say it again. Thank you for everything you've done for, for the industry. And thank you, you for everything you've done for me personally, Barry. I do really appreciate it. Aww. Yeah. No, I have a soft spot for Barry. I, am a, I have a soft spot for, um, for people in general. <laughs> Just know, okay, you have to realize. I want to know. Okay, what you're getting on this podcast is Morty the Entertainer. It's not Morty the person. You think I speak this to my children? <laughs> this is like I said, this is how I interact with my children. I'm like highly cynical and sarcastic. A bad example is probably what I do. <laughs> you're just seeing you're just seeing one side of the overall Morty picture here. Right. I'm on when I'm on the show. Mm-hmm. When I'm not, I'm off. Mm-hmm. You got it. Okay. Anyway, so something he said um, had me very much wondering what you all think out there. It's one of these hot topics as we go into 2020, particularly um, as we go into the 2020 elections in the U.S. Or it doesn't really matter if you're not in the U.S. It's it's something that's on the on the agenda across the world, and that is, and that is our topic for the SEO Rank Rangers SEO Community Question of the Week. Are you ready for it? Can you handle it? Well, here it comes. Sepp here, please take it away. Okay. Do you think Google should be regulated by government agencies? Yeah, so I tried to build that up a little bit more than I should have <laughs> because it's a question we're all thinking about. Um, right. It's a, it's, a, it's a podcast. We have to try to be entertaining. That didn't really – I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people. Okay, good. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, but it's, it's a legitimate question, and, and, and there's so right. many sides to this. Like, Do you think – for example – um, on the on the one hand, I'll just lay out the sides. I'm not going to put my thumb on the scale for this. I do not get into politics on the show, um, 
or, or in general. I just don't like politics so much anymore. Um, but to, to lay out the options for you very, 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 very quickly. So on the one hand, you can say, okay, Google's too big. It's gigantic. It's ginormous. It's taking over everything. It's dominating everything. Zero-click searches. Uh, 50% of all queries result in zero-click SERPs. Uh, this, is, this is nuts. Someone's got to do something. Please. So that's the sign for, okay, Google should be regulated. On the other hand, did you see, I don't know if you saw this, did you see on um, Facebook go to Washington? Where they had Mark Zuckerberg testify in front of Congress? No. Yeah. Um, that was painful. Because <laughs> the people who are asking him questions know nothing about this stuff. And they're, oh, they're, they're, and Google, same thing when Google went to Washington. It was also like extremely painful. Like People were asking, well, does Google know where I am right now? Because my phone is on me. Like, come on. Okay, so you, you're gonna, you're, you're, we're putting um, the industry, you're putting search in the hands of a group of people who just don't know nothing about this stuff. So that's, the, that's one argument for the other side. Like, okay, while the concept might be a good concept, in practicality, how will that work out for us? So we'd love to know your thoughts. Look for the um, Rank Ranger SEO community question on Twitter, on the Rank Ranger Twitter account. It'll be in the blog post that harbors this podcast and so forth. We'd love to hear your comments so we can feature you next week. Um, yeah. Which brings us to last week's question because we need to feature somebody from last week's question, right? Mm-hmm. So last week we spoke to Mark Traphagen, which was a great interview. If you didn't hear it, go back to last week and listen to that after you finish this episode. And we wanted to know that so Google is getting really into this, um, this mode of being a discovery engine, of trying to help you reach all new avenues of content and keeping you within its ecosystem, which sort of aligns to what I spoke about earlier with featured snippets and so forth. So we asked you back last week, so long ago, um, how has this idea of Google being a discovery engine sort of changed your, your SEO strategy? And Anita McLam from LinkedIn said, so look for her on LinkedIn. That's Anita McLam. She said, quote, I pay attention to the keywords that drop down before I complete my actual search to see what other options may be available to me. So if you weren't focusing on auto-suggest before, one great way to see how Google looks at the intent behind a query is to look, is to start the query, to manually do this. Um, so it's hard to do at scale, but still you might want to pick a few representative keywords from your overall keyword data set and just go through and see what Google is showing you in the auto-suggest because that would be a good way to see what Google thinks of your query. Yeah? Yeah. Great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for some feedback. Boy. I was nodding. You're, <laughs> you're sleeping. Sleeping on me. So not only is my son going for surgery tomorrow that you're ranking on me today because I'm not in the office, you have the audacity to sleep on me. I was nodding. Oh nodding man, not how are you? How does not? It, this is an audio experience. How does nodding help? I mean, I don't know. Were you nodding yes or no? By the way, I was nodding yes. Okay, good. Thank you. I feel yeah. so I feel so much more validated now. Okay. Ironic, ironic. You want to see irony? This is the all the the epitome of all irony. Ironic that we should be doing the news today on a day when Barry Schwartz was on the podcast because most of the news comes from Barry Schwartz. But anyway, up <laughs> here, please hit it with the news. Okay, Google's keyword planner got an upgrade. Now Google's tool will take a root keyword and offer you broader suggestions, among other trends. 
Right. So to use Barry's own example, to quote the great Barry Schwartz himself, so say you search for boots, like the things you put on your feet. Um, you may now see suggestions like work boots, women's boots, cowboy boots. These boots are made for walking and so forth. Thank you for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Since February, Google has been using a freshness algorithm to make sure that the content you see in a featured snippet is as current as it is possibly can be. Um, I think that, by the way, part of the, the freshness of this, but I'm calling it the Mentos update because Mentos freshens, fresh goes better. Get it? Yeah? Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> it's not really called that, by the way. Okay, no one's, oh, yeah, it's called the Mentos update. Don't say that. It's not. I just made that up, and it was okay. good. I made right now. I made that up. That was so good. Anyway, um, I think that one of the things that the update is doing, besides showing you fresh content and not the same old, I can't say that word on the podcast, um, is <laughs> that it's it's putting content into the feature snippet in a, in a much speedier manner than it used to. I started noting, noticing this back in May, and I know Cindy Crumb mentioned to me also recently she noticed the same thing. So it's not just me. But I started noticing back in May that the, the content getting into the feature snippet was much quicker than it used to be. What I was doing was, by the way, I was taking a look at search engine land articles. And I was seeing, okay, so they, they just wrote an article the day before or even a few hours ago. And I would do a query related to the article that I knew would bring up the search engine land article onto the SERP. And I would get a featured snippet with content in it with the URL going to that search engine land article. So it was really a matter of hours before Google was getting content into a feature snippet, which is way faster than what I used to, than what I used to see back in the day, so to speak. So there's, there's a lot more going on than just freshness with this algorithm, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> Google finally handed out some advice on dealing with core updates. About time. The search and... Sorry, yeah. I had to say that. <laughs> The search engine has released a series of questions to ask yourself if your site was hit by a core update. Questions include, is this content written by an expert or enthusiast who demonstrably knows the topic well? Also, was the content produced well or does it appear sloppy or hastily produced? So I'm going, I, first off, this is really interesting to me that all of a sudden you would get these questions. And some of them are mm-hmm. really generic and some of them are not really generic. So you should definitely check the right. list out. But even from these two questions here, by the way, you can see it. Okay, For those of you who are um, EAT, EAT, expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness naysayers, in your face, because the, the question <laughs> here, is this content written by an expert? Okay, it is going into EAT. So please, and it's, this is four core updates, so please, 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 I think we should be at the point where we say that um, expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness is a serious part of these core updates. Also, and from some of the questions, you can start to see that Google is looking at your site way, 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 way more holistically, and I've been banking on this drum forever at this point. Well, not forever, since, since about a year since the Medic update came out. Google's looking at your site design, your UI, all that sort of stuff, and, and profiling your site and saying, okay, does this work for this site? Does it not work for this site? Right? For it, it, the question you asked itself, was this content produced well? Or was it sloppy, right? Google can, is looking and says, okay, we know, we can tell whether or not you threw this out and just to get links or just to get, you know, uh, rank for keywords or whether you're really putting out seriously authentic content. Google is profiling your pages. It, it's for real. It's for real. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely for real. Okay. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Lastly, it's for real. Google also. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> Morty. Just in case you didn't know. <laughs> Lastly, Google also confirmed that its core updates impact discovery feed feed rankings, and that it is does not confirm non-core updates because, to quote, they're generally not widely not noticeable. Whoa. Okay, I mm-hmm. saw this last week. That was my first initial reaction. Like, whoa. The, the, what? First off, <laughs> do you see the July, unconfirmed July update? The rankings mm-hmm. were out of control. Major shifts in the ranking. Forget that's the weather trackers, like the rank risk, the, the rank risk index. Like, I dived into it. Like, there was major movement across all niches uh, across the top 10 results. Major, major, major movement. So, I, I to say that it's not widely noticeable, I, I, I think I know what he's trying to say. Okay, I, I think that yeah, you can make a case that, like, that possibly, and I, I would contend this a little bit, that the core updates are consistently widespread and impactful to all, whereas unconfirmed updates are not always impactful to all in the same way. I just wish they would have thought about how that sounded before they said it. Because many times, many, many, many times, the the unconfirmed updates are just as impactful as the core updates across the board. While they may not be consistently, meaning every time to that level, many, many times they are. So again, I think a lot of people are not going to like the way that sounded. Uh, me being one of them, and I know I don't think Google meant anything bad by it i just think it should have been more nuanced about it so yeah mm-hmm. uh, we're good with the news that's it yeah now that was no- nothing doing that week sheesh boring <laughs> right i wish google would do something <laughs> how are we supposed to do a podcast when there's no news or google saying crazy things like unconfirmed updates are not widely felt you tell that to those sites that are hit by it. Not widely felt. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Willis? Okay. Um, I, have a, I have a great one for you today. And you can't complain because you abdicated. You abdicated the fun SEO question send off throne sapir. You had you had woohoo. You had the chance <laughs> to write your own question. I said it to you last week on the on the on the podcast. Like, it's, it's, you're in your core. You're like, nah, I don't want to do it. So here's my fun SEO send off question. Are you ready? Yeah. And you can't complain again because you had the opportunity <laughs> to just write a, your own. Ask, I have to I have to make sure our, our listeners understand this. So they know who's to blame. Yeah, you. <laughs> That's probably true. Oh boy. Okay. You ready? Yes, you ready. Mm-hmm. I know. You said that. Okay. I, I asked that. Ask ask an answer, Your Honor. What Netflix original is Google? What Netflix oh. original is Google? Finally, a good question. I'm, I'm not surprised. sure. I'm, I'm not sure. Ooh, okay, I was gonna say I'm not sure how to take that, but now I know it was a it was an insult. <laughs> Thank you for yes, clarifying. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's better to know. Okay, can I answer? No, I have to chastise and criticize you for being critical and chastising me first for more. <laughs> okay, no, of course you, you can answer. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's a better answer. <laughs> no, I'm not done, but we'll move on anyway. Okay. 
Uh, so to answer the question, I think uh, I, I would say the haunting of Hill House. Did Ooh, you watch um, it? Did I, I watched one episode. Actually, I you mentioned this to me a while ago, like a month ago. Uh, we, yes, were, we were talking about Stranger Things, and I I didn't watch Stranger Things yet. And we're talking about oh no, you should watch the haunting of Hill House first. Which, by the way, I'm going to say this on record on air. Stranger Things season three sucked. Yes, I know. It was I terrible, except for the last episode. <laughs> you know, you, you know, you for a show to be intriguing, you have to have some degree of mystery, right? Right. Like, like, like this is not a big. I'm not a movie producer. I don't write scripts, but I probably could have done a better job with it. than I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah. yeah so I, I did. I did watch. I did. Yeah, I'm sorry. I did watch one episode, and it is really good. I haven't had a chance to um to finish it off. You should. I think it's the best Netflix. Netflix original. Really? Okay. Yes. So, okay, but how does it relate to Google? Down. Why would Google be the haunting of Hill House? Okay, so uh, Google is like a ghost. Okay, like yeah, never leaves us alone. Knows everything we're doing. Sometimes it's so creepy it gives you the goosebumps. Right. Um, so yeah. Yeah, Google's never given me goosebumps before. Of course. <laughs> oh my god. It's really. Creepy. Yeah, you get like oh, you do a search like oh, I got goosebumps from that. Yes. That was creepy. <laughs> I, I asked. I'm sure I'm sure you have the same reaction. <laughs> yeah. I, I asked, had a big chocolate chip cookies and Google gave me a whole list and it knew it knew what I wanted. And I was like, oh, my God, so creepy. Listen, Google, Google is creepy. You cannot deny that fact. <laughs> All right. I, I hear that. OK. OK. I, I abdicate to your point that, yes, Thank Google you. is a Thank bit. You. Yeah, you're welcome. Right. Um, I forgot my answer. Hold on. <laughs> oh, Mindhunter. Have you ever seen that? Mindhunter. Of course, yeah. That's I awesome. I watched like five episodes so and then good. I got bored. Season two, then, you yeah. got bored from Mindhunter? <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was boring. I mean, it's so good. It's so, if you have not watched this show, you definitely should. It's all about um, how the FBI. Mm, old FBI. It's all about how the <laughs> FBI got into profiling serial killers. And I, I, right. I, right. So I think that it, it, it's like Google because Google targets intent is trying to read our minds. It's a mind hunter. Get it? Okay. Are you saying, wait, are you saying Google is a serial killer? Is that um, what you're saying? Yes. Of, of, of organic traffic. Sure. Sure. Based on the jump shot data. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm not nice. saying that. I'm saying that's a play on words. It's a play on words. Mind right, hunter. Right. Google hunts your intent. It's hunting your mind. Hilarious. No? Yeah, hilarious. Good, bad as good as Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll do it for us in this episode of the In Search SEO Podcast. Keep it tuned in next Tuesday for an all-new episode of the In Search SEO Podcast. What other podcast were you expecting me to say? Uh, it's been In Search because we're all in search of something. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>